You're listening to the Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. I got bronchitis. Ain't nobody got time for that. We go from the Q to the OHL. Welcome back to the Pipeline Show, everybody. Guy Flaming with you. And uh, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League season obviously uh, kicked off last weekend, as it did here in the WHL, and much the same in the Ontario Hockey League, as uh, most teams have played a couple of games. There's a handful of only played one game on uh, opening weekend, but there are uh, five teams, I believe it's five. Oh, actually, there's several teams still with uh, unblemished records uh, in the OHL. Uh, let's maybe uh, look closer at those, and to, to help us uh, do that is uh, my guest, Brad Cogemilio from Sioux Today and also from uh, Sportsnet.ca. Brad, welcome back to the Pipeline Show, my friend. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well, Keith. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. It's always good to it's always good to chat about uh, about junior hockey. Well, a pleasure to get a chance to speak with you again. Any surprises on opening weekend, or it's just a one weekend of play, so we shouldn't uh, read too much into anything. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, I I feel like that's probably the more accurate statement. And you know, it, again, it's it's early. I mean, you look at uh, you know you look at some teams that you know maybe struggle early on and. Um, you know, I, I, I take a team like London. I mean, London's a, uh, you know, a group that maybe, you know, they gave up, uh, they gave up a good chunk of goals on opening weekend, but that's a team that, you know, always seems to get it figured out. So, you know, I, I, I think you can read a little bit into opening weekend, um, you know, in terms of, you know, things getting started, but, um, you know, I, I feel like it's, it's one of those situations where, you know, it's probably easier to just say, Hey, you know what, this is opening weekend. You know, you get a little taste of, of what to expect, but, you know, let's face it. I mean, they, I feel like Eric Wellwood put it best in, uh, from Flint when he said, uh, Friday night after their game in the Sioux, hey, it's only one game. Um, you know, so it's, uh, you know, 67 more to go at that point. So, you know, you can, you can start reading into stuff, but again, teams are, you know, still getting guys back. Like you look at a team like Flint, mm-hmm. you know, they're, uh, they're, you know, they're hoping to get Ty Delandria back from, uh, from Dallas camp and you know that that's a team that's got you know higher expectations for themselves this year so you know it's it's still very early you know you get a little early taste of things but you know that's a great thing there's still a lot of hockey left to go are there uh, other big name guys who are still away at NHL camps that are expected to eventually come back uh I, I feel like a guy like Barrett Hayton kind of my gut feeling is that he's going to wind up back in junior uh, from Arizona camp and wind up back in the Sioux um, you know, he's probably one of the, one of the bigger, bigger names. Um, you know, there, there's a whole situation with Ryan Merkley and, and Peterborough that, mm-hmm. you know, if, and when he gets sent back to junior, you know, Peterborough's looking at moving him. And, um, you know, that's, uh, that's been an interesting situation to kind of keep an eye on and just, you know, see what's gone on because that was a situation where, you know, they bring him in and, you know, they had a little bit of high hopes, um, last year and, you know, again, that's a team that, uh, you know, they could be, you know, could be in decent shape this year. And, you know, whether Merkley comes back and stays in Peterborough or they do end up moving him, you know, that could be a big help for, a, you know, for a team that maybe wants to, you know, wants to try to make a little bit of a run that, you know, let's say they move Ryan Merkley early in the year that, you know, even though they're trying to move him, it may not get a full value for, a, you know, a guy as skilled as he is. You know, they're still going to get probably a decent little package for him and, you know, if they get a handful of picks for them, those are picks that they could potentially, you know, if they want to make a run, those are picks that they could potentially move the trade deadline for, you know, for a big name. And, you know, that, uh, you know, that could put them in, in, in good shape, whether it's down the road or whether they decide to make a move. So it's, 
it's going to be interesting that, you know, again, the Sioux, it's, it's the same type of situation. There's, you know, some talk that, you know, maybe if the Greyhounds aren't, uh, you know, aren't in a position to contend, maybe they move Barrett Hayton. So if he comes back, you know, that kind of, you know, forces them to make some adjustments in terms of what they want to do as well. So it's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, if and when some of these guys come back. Brad, go back to Ryan Merkley for a second, because some of the people hearing this uh, conversation might not have all the details on, on what's happening. Um, th- I mean, this is a guy you go back to the 2018 draft, and there was he was kind of a divisive player then. About you know, there's some right. issues he has. Really talented player, but there's some baggage there. What's happened for for him in the OHL, and who's to blame? Is there blame to go around? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, and, it, and that's the thing. It has been a, you know, it's almost been a strange situation because he comes into the league with a lot of fan for, fanfare, you know, as far as, you know, being a high-end, you know, highly skilled. And, you know, he's the defense. He's the type of defenseman that a lot of teams want in the sense that, you know, he's an extremely good puck-moving defenseman. He's extremely skilled. But, you know, he comes in and, you know, there's a, there's a little bit of talk that, you know, maybe there's character issues or off-ice issues. And, um, you know, he ends up in Guelph and, you know, things kind of, you know, kind of go sour there. They move him last year and, you know, end up going on to win the OHL title. And, you know, again, it feels like it's kind of the same situation in Peterborough where, you know, it almost feels like he's born out as welcome in cities. And, you know, I, I it's, it's, it's hard in the sense that, you know, I don't know the kid personally, but right. like it feels like, you know, it, it just feels like everywhere he's gone, there's, you know, there's been this issue and, um, you know, it's unfortunate because of how talented he is. And, you know, if you're the San Jose Sharks, you're looking at this kid and, you know, let's face it, like you said, it, it was talked about at the NHL draft how skilled he was, but there was the off-ice issue. There was, you know, kind of the awkwardness or the character issues. Um, you know, so this is a kid that, you know, I, I, I hope whatever exactly the issue is, it gets figured out because, you know, this is a kid that's, you know, got a bright future ahead of him. You know, he could be, uh, you know, he could be a pretty good defenseman at the NHL level in terms of his skill, you know, if you can get all that extra, you know, baggage or issues figured out. Um, you know, it's, it's an unfortunate situation, um, you know, and especially for Peterborough. I mean, like I said, they, you know, they bring him in last year and they, you know, they have high hopes for, you know, what he could bring to the team. And, you know, you can't dispute how good the kid is on the ice. I mean, you know, as far as skills, skill goes, you know, he's definitely one of the more talented defensemen out there. It's just, you know, whatever this off-ice issue seems to be or whatever this issue seems to be, you know, kind of needs to get corrected and needs to get corrected ASAP. Brad Cogemilio from Sue Today and Sportsnet.ca is my guest here on the Pipeline Show as we uh, look ahead to this season in the Ontario Hockey League. Uh, how many coaching changes have there been from last year? Certainly the the uh, the move with the, the Barry Colts and getting Warren Reichel was one that I I didn't see coming and uh, even that the whole situation uh, with Windsor and, and and Reichel selling the his did he sell the is the team completely sold to like new ownership or did he does he still re- I guess he couldn't retain portion of it could right he? yeah and and uh, as far as I know I mean it's basically new ownership there that was a whole interesting situation because there were, there were rumors that there was another group that was in that was going to end up getting the team. And, right. you know, it ended up, it ended up switching groups. Um, yeah. So, so Warren's completely, com- basically completely out of the picture in Windsor. Now it's a, uh, you know, a new ownership group there. And, you know, like you said, that was an interesting situation, him ending up in Barry in terms of, you know, in terms of how it played out. I mean, Dale Howarchuk, you know, who's, 
who's done a great job in Barry over the years that he's been there, you know, ends up, you know, the Colts announced that he, uh, you know, he has to take a step back from coaching for the season, you know, because of health issues. And, um, you know, it was, I, 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 I think I can speak for a lot of people and say, you know, and saying that that was a surprise that Warren Reichel ended up there, especially when you go back and there's, you know, there was a bit of history between Warren Reichel and the Colts organization when they drafted Warren's son in the OHL draft uh, a handful of years ago now. And, you know, there was a whole kind of battle there between the two clubs. And um, so it's, it, it's almost kind of funny how it kind of comes full circle in a sense with uh with Warren ended up ending up in Barry, but I like the move. I mean, I, I, that's a Colts team that, you know, if they can get some, you know, if their goaltending is, is, is solid, they, you know, they could be a team that's, you know, hard to play against the, you know, there's some talented guys up front and, you know, Ryan Suzuki's, uh, I believe a Carolina pick and, uh, uh, you know, they've got a, they've got a pretty solid group there. Um, you know, so that could be a, that could be an interesting situation. You know, Warren's a super intense guy. So I'm sure, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure he'll have that group ready to play on a, on a nightly basis. And I mean, it's been for the most part. I mean, it's you know, it's been status quo as far as coaches. It hasn't been, you know, it hasn't been like other years where there's been a, a, a ton of movement. You know, Hamilton kind of shifted things with uh, with Vince Lays taking over as head coach. Although uh, David Matos, who was the head coach there last year, is still in the organization as an associate coach. Again, that was a similar situation to the Dale Howard chat setup that. Uh, David Matos had some health issues last year. He missed some time. He uh, he passed out on the bench early in the year last year. And actually, ironically enough, I believe it was in a game against Barry. Um, so it kind of ties in with with the Howard But you know, David Matos has uh, you know has a health scare last year, so he's kind of taken on a secondary role as an associate coach. So he can uh, you know he can keep an eye on his health as well. And I think Vince Lays will do a do a good job there. He's a, he's a bright young hockey guy as well. So. You know, those are kind of two of the two of the bigger ones in terms of how the uh, how the circumstances played out as far as coaching. All right, Brad, let's uh, look at the teams to watch for this year. Uh, maybe in the Western Conference, are there two or three teams that are clearly uh, above the rest of the field, or do you expect a lot of parity this year in the O? I, you know what I say? I think there's going to be some parity. Um, you know, in the West, I like uh, I like Saginaw a lot. That's a team that even though they lost a couple of high end guys and you know, and Ryan McLeod, no one Tippett, that's a team that's still got some. You know some high-end skill. Cole, Cole Perfetti's obviously a guy everyone's talking about. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, as far as the NHL draft next summer, um, you know that's a you know a group that uh, you know their goaltending could potentially be really good. Uh, Tristan Lennox is a young kid, but you know he was kind of pushed into a starting role in the playoffs last year, so he he got some really valuable experience there. And um, you know that was a team that was great down the uh, down the stretch last year and had a, a nice playoff run and. You know, they've still got a pretty pretty good group coming back. So that's a you know, that's a team kind of to watch out for out of the West Division itself. Um, you know, I, I feel like London, even though their opening weekend wasn't great, I feel like that's a team that's gonna get it figured out. Um, you know, they're they're a group that's again very skilled up front. You know, their goaltending Jordan Coy is a, a Vegas pick and you know, he's had a, a good run in junior hockey uh, as an OHL goalie so far and it's a team that's maybe a little experienced as far as OHL experience on the blue line, but um, you know, once that group kind of gets settled into the junior game, I think that's going to be a group that's you know going to be solid as well. I feel like you know, I feel like those are kind of two teams to watch in the West. Um, you know, again, the Greyhounds are off to a good start here in the Sioux. Um, you know, that's a team that they're going to be tough to play against. I, I, I wouldn't necessarily say they're you know their contender status, but 
you know, they're a team that's probably going to give a lot of teams fits. They work really hard. So, you know, it's a team that's going to be tough to play against in the West as well. Uh, right now, and again, only opening weekend, but the uh, top 10 list uh, of scores in the OHL uh, pretty dominated by clubs out of the Eastern Conference. Uh, do you do you yeah. see the Eastern Conference maybe having a bit of a, a, a firepower superiority this year? Yeah, you know what I mean. I I feel like that that group this year is you know is high end, and I, I you know uh, again like you said, even though it is the opening only the opening weekend. I mean, there's you know there's a lot of talent out there, and you know you look at uh, you look at Ottawa with a guy like Austin Keating, you look at Peterborough with a guy like uh, a guy like Nick Robertson. Like you know, there's a there's a good group of talent. Uh, you know, we mentioned Ryan Suzuki. You know, again, Brand Clark, who's a, a rookie defenseman, I feel like could put up you know, could put up some decent numbers. He was really good in the preseason. So, you know, there's, uh, there's some talent and, you know, it's, it's funny. There's always talk in, in the OHL that, you know, there are years where the Eastern conference is a quote unquote weak sister in the league. But, you know, I, I feel like this year that's uh you know, that's a group Quentin Byfield's another guy who had a great opening weekend. And, you know, again, as a draft eligible guy, he's going to have a huge year in Sudbury. So, you know, there's. Uh, I, I feel like this year is a, a year where there is, uh, like you said, a lot of talent over in the Eastern Conference. That you know, those games are. You know, even for me, even though I only get to see the Eastern Conference teams once a year in the Sioux, those are going to be teams that are going to be fun to watch. Uh, you know, even on video and any chance I get, because you know there is, like you said, there is so much talent over in, in that conference. And uh, high end uh, guys for the draft this year. You mentioned Quentin Byfield. He's uh, just one of the one of the guys. Jamie Drysdale. Uh, I know I had a scout yep. on right after the. Uh, Holinka Gretzky Cup, and he said uh, he might be the first defenseman taken in the draft this year. Uh, tell me a little bit about Drysdale uh, with the Erie Otters. Yeah, he's you know what again, he's a kid who's off to. Uh, he had a five point night over the weekend uh, for Erie. He's a guy who's a lot of fun to watch. Um, you know, again, extremely skilled, and you know he's uh, he's a guy that you know it, it's unfortunate with the distance between Erie and the Sioux. He's a guy that I only get to see live once. Uh, once a season, but he is so much fun to watch, whether it's, you know, in person or on video. And he's, uh, you know, it, it, that wouldn't shock me if he was the first defenseman taken in the NHL draft next summer. I mean, he is, you know, for me, I feel like he's that good. Again, his, you know, he suits the, the style of game that a lot of teams are going to. And, you know, in terms of puck possession and puck movement and, um, you know, again, that's, you know, when I, when I look at the Sioux, that's the way this team's built on. And he's, He's the type of defenseman that the Greyhounds always bring in is that guy who can move the puck. You know, he, he's very skilled, and, you know, he's just a guy that's extremely confident with the puck. And, you know what, you can't ask for anything more. And, you know what, he's a kid that's, you know, that's going to be good defensively, I feel, too, as well. I think, you know, sometimes when you get guys that are that high-end offensively, sometimes you forget that, you know, the, that they're good on the defensive side of the puck as well. You know, I think his game's going to be really well-rounded, and he's going to be uh, – you know, again, he's going to be an extremely high pick next summer uh, in the NHL draft. The uh, first uh, top ten list out of the CHL that came out uh, on right before opening uh, weekend uh, had the London Knights as the number one team in the country, and the Ottawa 67s was the next club out of the OHL coming in number four, so the top team in the East. And if there's one thing we know, the preseason rankings uh, are always really dependable and super accurate. Um, <laughs> do, do you, and I say that tongue in cheek, obviously, but um, you, you touched on the Knights. Are the Ottawa 67s that good? Should be they, they be considered the, the, the top team uh, in, in the East again this year? Yeah, I feel like they are. Um, you know, I feel like that's a group again there. You know, even though they lose a guy like Ty Celebre, um, you know, that's a team that's, 
you know, their defense is extremely experienced. It's extremely high end. Um, you know, I was, you know, I, I look at a guy like Noel Hoffemeyer in his OA year. I feel like he could be one of probably one of the top defensemen in the league. Um, you know, Kevin Ball's, uh, you know, an NHL prospect. And, um, you know, that's a, that's a group that their blue line is extremely better in. Um, you know, Cedric Andrew may not get a lot of credit and goal for that team right now, especially after, like, they make the move for uh, Michael DiPietro last year, ahead, you know, ahead of the trade deadline. So, you know, you, you kind of forget that that's a kid that played in 40-plus games last year and had 30-plus wins. Um, you know, he's a guy who, you know, I, I think will be able to get the job done because he's still got an extremely good team in front of him. Um, you know, offensively, I, I, I think they're, you know, I think they're one of the better teams out there, you know, in, in that regard as well. Um, you know, mentioned a guy like Austin Keating, uh, Marco Rossi, who's eligible for the draft this year, is another guy who's, you know, who's probably going to put up really good numbers this year as well. So, you know, I, I feel like they're the team to beat in the Eastern Conference right now. Um, you know, again, I mentioned Peterborough earlier. I feel like they're a team that, you know, might give them some trouble depending on how things, uh, you know, how things play out there. But, um, you know, as far as far as I'm concerned, I, I went into the year thinking that, you know, that Ottawa's probably, for me, I feel like Ottawa's the best team in the league right now. Um, I feel like they're, you know, even though they're coming off a year where they went to the OHL final, I feel like they're still, you know, they're still that good. Any other uh, stories that you're kind of following, at least early in the season, you're kind of waiting to see how things play out? Yeah, you know what, I mean, for me, kind of some of the interesting stuff, and I feel like it's, you know, it's almost this way, you know, in a, in a couple of the leagues across the CHL, just, you know, some of the interesting rule changes and stuff, like I noticed, Last week, the Quebec League has an interesting thing on their icing rule that, you know, now it's it, it's set up that it doesn't matter where you ice the puck from, you can't change, um, as opposed to just in the defensive zone. And, um, you know, the OHL has kind of tinkered with, uh, you know, tinkered with some of that stuff as well. Um, it hasn't been anything too major, but, I, I mean, for me, the, you know, the storylines kind of, you know, revolve around, you know, how good a Sagan are going to be in the West. And, you know, a lot of people have been high on them. And, you know, can Ottawa keep it up in terms of how, you know, how good they were last year? You know, again, everyone talks about the London Knights, and you mentioned they were, you know, the quote-unquote top team in the in the country as far as rankings were concerned. You know, where is that team going to be uh, going to be this year? Um, you know, so it's going to be it's going to be interesting. And for me, you know, I, I filed a story for Sportsnet this week, uh, you know, talking about the Flint Firebirds. That's a team that, you know, had basically a dismal year last year. I think they won 16 games last year. But, you know, that's a team that's that's got high hopes for this year in the sense that, you know, they, they feel like they could finish, you know, around fourth or fifth in the Western Conference. So, I mean, it's still middle of the pack, but they feel like they could be close to a, a, a team that's battling for home ice. And, you know, that's, a, that's a, a drastic change for a team that went 17 games without a win to start the year last year. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's a, that's a group that I think is going to be fun to watch. I saw them on opening night, and, you know, they're a group that can score goals. They brought in Anthony Popovich, who won an OHL title as a goaltender in Guelph last year. So they've got some experience in goal. That's a, that's a team that could be fun to pay attention to. You know, they're going to be extremely skilled. You know, their their group of defensemen is pretty solid overall. They've got, got Vladislav Kolyachonik, who's a Florida draft pick and signed uh, signed with them recently. So, you know, that could be that could be fun to watch. They could be kind of, a, you know, a, a team that maybe kind of catches the hearts of people, so to speak, in terms of, you know, going from, you know, such a, a tough year last year to, 
you know, to a team that's going to be pretty competitive here uh, in the OHL this year. Well, speaking of tough years, is there a club you you can foresee right now is like, oh, this is a rebuilding year for them, could be in line for that first overall pick next year? You know what, I, I feel like kind of Guelph's in, in, in opposition after the amount of talent they lost, and then, um, you know, they dealt uh, Liam Howell to, uh, to Kitchener last year. He was a he was a high-end offensive guy um, last year for them, and you know he ends up going to Kitchener uh, prior to the season. So you know that's a team that you know that isn't anywhere near as skilled as they were uh, were last year. So that's going to be a, be a tough year. I like I look at a team like North Bay in the Eastern Conference. That's probably you know they're probably one of those teams that uh, you know there's not a lot of. Uh, I mean, there's some young talent there, but. It's still developing, so that's going to be kind of an interesting situation there in a in a tough spot. And you know, I'm curious about Niagara right now in terms of you know that's a team that uh, they they went all in last year. You know, they've got a little bit of talent in Akil Thomas and Phil Thomasino, both NHL picks. Thomas by LA and uh, Thomasino by Nashville. You know, those are two guys that are going to be high end guys, but. You know, there's a lot of talk about Akil Thomas potentially getting moved as a as a 19 year old this year. So that's a team that's probably going to take uh, take a step back as well. Um, you know, and, and it's probably going to be uh, be a drastic step back from from what they saw in St. Catharines last year. Prediction for a leading scorer in the league? You know what? I I, I almost feel like Cole Perfetti might be might be that guy. Wow. Like Kevin wow. Quinton by like, and as interesting as it sounds, like those are two guys that. You know, I, I would not be shocked to see both of them in the top 10 in the, the scoring race this year. Those are, you know, those are guys that are, you know, extremely, extremely high end. And, um, you know, I, I feel like Cole Perfetti, like Cole Perfetti's basically, you know, played on the first line in Saginaw last year as a 16 year old. So, you know, he's a kid who's got enough skill that he could potentially, you know, he could potentially, and it, you know, it might be a, a little bit of a, a bold way to say it, but I mean, he's a kid that, you know, could potentially be a, you know, be a top scorer in the league and, and you know, as a draft eligible. We'll watch for that. Uh, as always, Brad, terrific uh, rundown of uh, what we can expect in the Ontario Hockey League this year. Uh, looking forward to having you on again soon. Yeah, look forward to it. Always enjoy it. That was Brad Coach Milio from Suit Today and Sportsnet.ca. And again, obviously that conversation taking place before the Ryan Merkley trade to the London Knights. I talked about that in the opening segment uh, of this show. So if, if you might be one of those person people if you might be one of those people that are only listening to this specific segment, you can do that. You can only listen. You can listen to individual segments or the entire show. You might want to go back to the opening segment of the show uh, because uh, I spoke uh, at length about the Ryan Merkley trade and uh, some of the the baggage that uh, people talk about when it comes to Ryan Merkley. So if you wanted to uh, get a little bit more information, I'd go back and take a listen to that if I was you. All right, we've done the queue. We've done the OHL going to change gears a little bit and we're going to talk a little U sports canada west in my opinion the top conference in canadian university men's hockey we're going to zero in on that conference with the help of evan dom who is the director of marketing for the canada west conference of U sport hockey a lot of former chlers who are still continuing on to their developmental hockey path using their chl scholarship and more and more we're seeing players out of U sports earning pro deals and potentially getting to the nhl Canada West preview up next here on the Pipeline Show. Pashnuk with a fake shot, and he goes the other way, spinning a couple more spins, two or three of them. Princeton Pashnuk. Pashnuk with a shot. He scores! Four down! Princeton Pashnuk, are you serious? Hey, it's Princeton Pashnuk from the Arizona State Sun Devils, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. Pipeline Show. 
The puck's dropped on another WHL hockey season. This Saturday, your Edmonton Oil Kings go toe-to-toe with the Calgary Hitmen at Rogers Place. Don't miss your chance to see your Oil Kings live. Are you ready to rally for the next Battle of Alberta? Oil Kings, Hitmen. Saturday night at 7. Great family entertainment at Rogers Place starts at just $20 a seat. Save on day of game pricing now at oilkings.ca.